Bonjour, bonjour, fellow architecture enthusiasts. I am Zen, your resident design aficionado. Today, we're going to embark on a voyage through time and space, unraveling the architectural wonders that have shaped our world. From towering skyscrapers to ancient castles, we'll dive into the art, engineering, and cultural significance behind these remarkable creations. And Tanya here, your curious explorer of human experiences. As we explore these architectural marvels, we'll uncover the stories of people who envisioned and built them. We'll dive deep into their cultural context, understanding the impact they had on the communities and societies that surrounded them. Each episode will transport you to a different corner of the globe where architectural wonders await. From things like the iconic Eiffel Tower in Paris to the serene beauty of the Taj Mahal in India, we'll guide you through a tapestry of styles, eras, and influences. So whether you're an architect, a history buff, or someone who appreciates beauty in all forms, Meet Us in Paris today is your ticket to the enchanting world of architecture. We're going to examine the intricate details that we talked about, talk about engineering, and explore some stories that might be attached to these structures. So they're more than just buildings that are out there. But before we continue on our architectural exploration, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. So I chose for the iconic building um, the old courthouse in Santana it is um here what I've, I I did some research and I'll start with saying that we got married there oh and now um, like shotgun wedding <laughs> almost <laughs> 20 years ago because we had to get married here in the United States and then we had a wedding in Argentina but that was a religious wedding but in order to do like paperwork we had to do that anyway so we did that and so that was that was fun. It was just interesting. So it sort of has a nice place in my heart. Um, just to get started, it's located on 211 West Santa Ana Boulevard in Orange County, California, Santa Ana, California. And it's the, the downtown historic district. It's on the corner of Civic Center and Broadway. And it is a national register. It's listing in the National Register of Historic Places in Orange County in 1979. Um, uh, let's see, in, in, in 1899, this portion of Orange County was part of LA and that's when it got sliced up and it became uh, Orange County and Santa Ana had the first county seat and that's the Board of Supervisors decided to buy a plot from uh, William Spurgeon, who we all see his name everywhere around here, um, and they bought it for $8,000. <laughs> Isn't that great? And then, um, but the, the condition he gave was that a courthouse must be built within the 10 years. Huh. So one of the first things they did was build a jail. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And it says that if you go look at the parking lot, you can see like where it was removed and where part of the jail sat. So now I have to go look at that. Um, so, you know, some of the... It was commissioned a gentleman named Chris McNeil Strange 
was um, commissioned to to do the building to kind of or, you know set it up. And um, he also is the reason he was chosen is because he did the central police station um, on First and Hill in downtown LA and a lot of different um, structures in downtown LA, numerous schools kind of in that era. So he must have been the architect of in style at the time. Um, and um, I did not know it was called the Richardsonian Romanesque form, um, and which was very popular at the end of the 19th century. And um, a lot of uh, mid to large city government uh, structures were built in that style, such as like the L.A. County Courthouse. So he was, again, commissioned to do lots of different kind of buildings. And I thought it was fun that in 1901, this 135 foot tall building was the tallest in Orange County. <laughs> that was cute. And then 3,000, it's a 30,000 square foot building. And it's the oldest existing courthouse in Southern California. Um, and it has a history center. It's open for tours. And let's see. Groundbreaking was on July 4th, 1900. And about 8,000 people gathered on Independence Day. And one of the entertainers was a gentleman, Emil Markberg. It was the, it's called the most daring aeronaut on earth. And he and it said it dazzled a crowd on his trapeze suspended by hot air balloon before he planned a parachute drop. I can, you could almost like see like the black and white movies with something like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the uh, the courthouse is occupied by you know a whole city block. Um, and oh, and the other thing I looked up was um, kind of interesting. Uh, movies and things that have, have happened there. So in 30, 1935, a play was staged uh, called The Bellamy Trial. But then the courthouse has had films like Catch Me If You Can, J. Edgar, which is the Ed, um, J. Edgar Hoover, and then Legally Blonde. Um, yeah, nice. This is something I didn't know. FX American Horror History also was there. So anyway, um, it was I, it was great. I went through a rabbit hole. When, when I was looking into this. So um, I try to pull interesting things from there. So that's my building. <laughs> nice. Well, I can tell you that you mentioned at one point the courthouse was the tallest structure in Orange 1901. County. 1901. Uh-huh. 1901. And um, I'm going to take us to today. Uh -huh. <laughs> so what I think is... The tallest building as of today, which is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Oh. And this is such an example of me not, um, when I don't research before I go somewhere, I had no idea <laughs> about the Burj Khalifa before I went to Dubai or anything like that. Um, and I'm not even one where I don't care about the tallest building. I don't, whatever. It's just not, <laughs> whatever. I, I do admire buildings with fun architecture and things like that, but I, I don't care about like, you're not going to research it. Plus they change like every few years, someone yeah. does something like something an inch taller. So ugh, who can keep mm -hmm. up? But um, I did happen to see the Burj Khalifa and what was actually so, what was more impressive to me that I remember is that um, I was, it felt like my hotel was right across from it um, in Dubai, but everything's kind of on that strip that the Burj Khalifa is on. Um, and when I arrived, it was the evening in Dubai and there was such a bad sandstorm that I really couldn't see much of it at all. 
And the next morning when the sky was clear, when I saw how tall it was, I was just more amazed that the sandstorm was so bad that it was able to cover up such a huge building. Wow. Um, that's what was crazier to me. But um, most people do probably know about this because I believe it is currently the tallest um, in the world since 2009. Um, and construction actually began in 2004. Um, and the exterior of the structure was completed October 1st, 2009, and the building officially opened on January 4th, 2010. Um, I did not go inside or go to the top. It, I just, whatever. <laughs> can I, I, can, I, can I disagree with you for a second? <gasps> oh, yeah, my goodness, please. yes. What? And the reason why I'm going to disagree with you is it's not famous because it's the tallest building in the world. It's famous okay. because Mission Possible Ghost Protocol was filmed on it. <laughs> I bet you that is a huge draw. I'm not agree with that. That's true. Um, All right, and the me, sandstorm too, right? Because that's okay. Yeah. That movie kind of trumped my my little movies at the Orange County um, courthouse. <laughs> and what is crazy is that this actually set tons of records, and so I'm looking and. So it did, it became the tallest existing structure. It became the tallest structure ever built, the tallest freestanding structure, the tallest skyscraper, um, the building with the most floors. I feel like all of that just goes without saying. Um, the highest elevator installation. Um, well, yeah. I bet you, like, if you keep on looking, because there's always things like the tallest radio tower, yeah, and that type yeah. of stuff, because they always put, like, cell phone towers, and it goes on and on. Oh, yeah. And so like some of these goes down to the world's highest nightclub is on the 144th floor. Can you, how oh long does that elevator ride take? No, I'm not going up there. Up there. Like, uh, the world's highest restaurants on the 122nd floor. Um, it was the world's highest New Year display of fireworks, blah, blah, blah. So wow. it set more records than just simply... Um, being the tallest building. And this tower was actually designed by Skidmore, Owings, and Merrill, which also designed uh, what we know as the Sears Tower in Chicago and the One World Trade Center in New York City. So the One World Trade Center is what was built um, to kind of replace the the Twin Towers um, across from Ground Zero. And the Sears Tower is actually now known by, as the Willis Tower, I guess. Um, but it'll always be the Sears Tower to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it sounds like it was an American company that designed it. Um, and, but the architecture is um, Islamically inspired. Oh. I did a thing by it. So let me... And it's weird because if you look at it, it almost looks like stacks of coins. Like if you took rolled, you know, the rolled pennies and quarters and you like put them all next to each other. That's kind of what some of it looks like to me, um, at least in, in this picture. And from what I'm remembering, um, let me get to where is, okay. The design is derived from Islamic architecture. As the tower rises from the flat desert base, 
there are 27 setbacks in a spiral pattern, decreasing the cross-section of the tower as it rises and creating convenient outdoor terraces. These setbacks are arranged and aligned in a way that minimizes vibration wind loading from eddy currents and vortices. Wow. <laughs> and at the top, the central core emerges and is sculpted to form a finishing spire. At its tallest point, the tower sways a total of five feet, 4.9 feet. I don't know what that means. But anyways, they did um, use... They were inspired by some Islamic architecture and the way they put together, which is always crazy to me because now when they kind of explain that, I can see it, but I would never look at it and think, oh, this is such a beacon of Middle Eastern <laughs> work. Um, but it is fun to read about this. You know what? It kind of reminds me of, um, have you guys ever seen the movie 500 Days of Summer? A long time ago. I actually haven't, but I should. Okay. I'm it's, supposed to. Well, it's a rom-com, but the the main character who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's an architect. And one of the things that they like kind of bond on on their date is he sh is showing her, I think they're in Los Angeles, and he's like, look up at these buildings. Like, we're just at ground level. And he's pointing out all the, like, beautiful um, uh, details on all these buildings that people don't tend to notice and how the buildings all are cohesive with one another and kind of brought out an appreciation for for architecture and buildings, especially in a lot of, you know, metro areas like that. So that just kind of reminded me of it as they, we were reading the description. Um, and there was one other thing here that I thought was interesting that I can't seem to find now, but it was like the, the developers were inspired. Okay. The design of the Burj Khalifa is reminiscent of Frank Lloyd's Frank Lloyd Wright's vision for the Illinois, a mile-high skyscraper designed for Chicago, as well as Chicago's Lake Point Tower. When Adrian Smith was conceiving the project at Skidmore Owings and Merrill, he looked out of his office window toward Lake Point Tower's curved three-wing layout and thought, there's the prototype. And nice. according to someone else, <laughs> the Burj Khalifa was designed based on the 73-floor Tower Palace 3, an all-residential building in Seoul, South Korea. And in its early planning, Burj Khalifa was intended to be entirely residential. Really? I really yeah. I think you've like piqued my curiosity about it. It's got everything. Yeah. It's done everything and it, you know. <laughs> and it was a mission impossible. And I think that just, that, that's like the best thing of the whole thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely brings out how much detail and thought go into some of these, especially the iconic buildings. So that really brought a new appreciation for me with the Burj Khalifa, which I was otherwise just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so that was mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go on with the movie theme. So All right. the movie theme um, is not as good of a movie, but the movie is, um, if you watch superhero movies, they have a movie called The Wolverine. And The Wolverine is Hugh Jackman, as we know. And this particular movie takes place in Japan. One of the fight scenes is fought in a building called the Nakajin Capsule Tower. I mentioned this before. 
because it's one of my favorite buildings in the world. I always try to find a little bit things that are a little bit weird. Now, one of the things I should warn everyone about is a um, it no longer exists. It only it was actually torn down a year or two mm-hmm. ago. Um, but what was very interesting about it, but I'll tell you how you can still see a little bit of it. It was essentially a structural building, and what they had was essentially capsules or modules. So it was like a shell skeleton, and they actually plugged in apartment units like 13 stories high. So the intention was every 30 years was that they were going to renew the building by unattaching these capsules, pulling these concrete square capsules out, and then you could build it on the ground and then insert it and install new apartment buildings. They're very small, um, very modular. Mod- they kind of look like an old space movie. So like if you look it up, it's Nakajin, N-A-K-A-G-I-N, capsule tower. And you'll see inside it's very, it's very small. It almost looks like... Um, the bathroom might be in an RV. There's a single <laughs> bed. Um, the desk, everything is built in. So, like, they have, like, a stereo system on some of them, and the stereo system is actually built into the walls. It's a concrete form. And it, what's most iconic is it has a huge round window that you can look outside of. And this is just one of the coolest buildings I've ever, ever seen. It's essentially if Lego had decided to make a modular a modular building. Um, unfortunately, over the years, it's actually in a really rich part of town. The land became, they didn't maintain the building and the land is extremely value, valuable because where it is. And they fell into disarray. You could actually rent places in there or Airbnb, but lots of them didn't have hot water or this and that. Some of them became storage units. Some of them became small office spaces. Um, but as, but they're just really, really neat architecture. Now, I mentioned that it's been torn down, but you can see it. This is such a famous piece of architecture mm-hmm. that um, when they tore apart the building, I mentioned it's kind of like a skeleton and they had these Lego-like apartment buildings. They removed a lot of the apartment buildings, individual units, and they sold off the units. Well, and one of the units was bought, purchased by the San Francisco Modern Museum of Art. And um, it was just my understanding was just recently shipped to San Francisco. And the hope is that they'll actually display it and allow people to go see this. So there's my weirdo thing. The <laughs> Nakajin um, capsule tower. Um, Check it out. The more you read about it, the more the more it just becomes more and more interesting. A few factoids, because I always talk about the factoids. They were each one was equipped with built-in furniture. Um, the types of built-in furniture was a bed, desk, and storage space. Um, it was designed for working salarymen. So the thing is instead of going home, they could stay in this like overnight and just have uh, a small place in town. <laughs> because it was modular. The house, the whole building, my understanding was built in 30 days because all the parts were made first. They just had to build the skeleton and then pop in all the individual parts. Um, originally had 140 capsules. Um, it actually, I believe they got 
into like a, they almost made it into um I think they almost made it into Nash the his uh like a national architecture registry in Japan, but they still ended up tearing it down. It was declared a national or like a heritage building. And um that's about it. Okay. So, random factoids. <laughs> I am I am not um dare I say um what did you call it? Hero superhero. See I don't even know what it's called. Yeah me um, either. Fan. So sorry. It's uh I feel like I'm left out because there's so many great cool movies that come out, but it just doesn't do anything. All the movies that come out are superhero movies now. Uh-huh. No, okay. Uh, it's, yeah, and I'm not into it, so I feel kinda like, well, okay, what's I'm next? I am a superhero fan. I have boxes and boxes of comic books <laughs> when I was a kid. And I tell you what, the first maybe 10 years of comic book movies were amazing because I got to see my comic book characters yeah. come to life. I tell you what, the last five years, it's just like, oh, my God, it's same, more of the exact same. Even I, I have what I call it superhero fatigue. It's I, even I, like... Yes, they've introduced like now they're doing a movie with the Flash or Ant Man, but it's like how many Spider Man iterations have we had in the past decade? You know, three. We've Jeez. had three like continuously. They did one Spider Man with Toby. Mc- I remember the Toby Maguire ones. That's Toby like Mc- when it started coming out. Yeah, and then it was Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, and then it's the new young Tom John, Holland, which is he's amazing. But it's just like, geez. I know. Yeah, I know it's you know. so much. So, but I am happy for you that you got to enjoy. <laughs> oh, I the thing is, but that has nothing to do with the building. I loved the building before comic books. So, okay. <laughs> all right, so I'll go. My next one is um, the Basilica of the Sagrada Familia and uh, Sacred Family in Barcelona, mm-hmm. which um, is like, I, I think is just an amazing place see into into experience i don't think anyone if you're in barcelona you should not miss it um so it was supposed to be a simple roman catholic church (laughs) Um, (laughs) but then you know antonio gaudi the architect um dreamed this up and it kept on going i thought i did not know that um and it is an astounding architectural masterpiece um and it's been under construction for almost 140 years um, it has become the most visited monuments in Spain. Um, all I could find was far until 2019, but 4.7 million visitors it's had. That's a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, and I like that I it says that it's the creation and the construction of it is a is living history because um, it just like you know keeps growing. Um, I thought it was also interesting that Gaudi was not the first architect that was selected. It was someone else, and then they got in an argument with with um, people who were commissioning it, and then he was numbers two, and huh. he just kind of took over the whole dream. I'm like, yeah, for number two, <laughs> you know, you never know, <laughs> right? And um, so his primary goal when he, you know, they gave him kind of free reign was to build a church of the different facades of um, three faces of life, Jesus's life, like nativity, passion, and the glory. And so, you know, he incorporated a, a organi- organic symbolism and stained glass and just all his design 
elements. Um, and he, what was cool is he, com he com combines um, natural symbols of organic kind of um, looks, shapes, with geometric shapes. Um, and then you can see that throughout throughout the whole structure. And it's time, and even now, it's pushed boundaries of architectural styles. Um, he worked until he died in 1926, and he's buried, buried inside the crypt. And um, I found it interesting that this is a project, Sagrada Familia is a project that's promoted by the people for the people, and it relies on private donations. So that's a lot because it's been oh, going on for a while. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be completed in 2026, but then, like, which, which would be the the, the, the centennial for Gaudi, Gaudi's death, and then, but because of COVID, it kind of postponed things, and now they haven't. I've looked; they have not announced. It still says 2026, so who knows? Maybe they will make it. Um, I wanted to point out that. Um, like the the four kind of things to see, let's say the basilica, which it has five naves, and um, and the roof is supported by these angled pillars that look like they're trees, like you're in a living forest when you look up and then the light streams in. Um, then the other part of the of the location is the Gaudi Museum, so it has his workshop. And all the materials, a lot of mock-ups, you know, things are all original. There was a fire you know, during the Civil War. Um, a lot of the things were, were burned and, and um, his materials were destroyed. They did a lot of the mock-ups and re, re, um, kind of rebuilding it, but most of them are still there. Then there's a school building, which was interesting. It's the kids of the workers went to school there when it was at the very beginning. So how many people... Um, we're working in that area that built a school for the for the for the workers' children, and then the last one is the towers of the twelve apostles, um, and so that that goes on into all kinds of different things. UNESCO, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So, and then I wanted to say where it's located. It's in, in, in um, Barcelona, Spain, in an example district. And it's about a 30, 40 minute walk from old Barcelona city. It's open every day. It was declared a basilica uh, by the Pope in 2010 uh, to avoid the large crowds, go early on weekday mornings. <laughs> yeah. And uh, complete visits are two or three hours. And there's an audio guided app in 16 languages, um, but there's also private tours and all that. So you can go in and then just walk around for as long as you want. Uh, I was I was there about five years ago, and I would go back. I was just in love with it. Have either one of you been there? I have not. Okay. I have, yes. And actually, the friends that I were with, when we were there, we made a pact to go back when it was completed and oh. see it in its final okay. glory. I don't know if we really will, because that was... Gosh, that was 2007. So, so much has changed. Yeah. But yes, I would go 2027 when there's no, not a lot of people. Do you know <laughs> some of the random stories about the, the church? I know all kinds of little things, but tell, you've got stories. Tell us. Okay. Just because I have a background in art. Ar 
architecture. Mm-hmm. So two things was, okay, Gaudi, and actually we might have told, I think um, Katharina told a little bit of a story about this um, years ago on our podcast. Uh-huh. But what, what had happened is um, in 30, in 1930s, 36, something around there, um, people broke into the church after Gaudi had died. And they set fire to the crypt and um, were they set fire and they destroyed all the plans of what was supposed to be built. So all the plans that they're building from are based off of people's memories of what they saw. So they had to recreate them by memory, some of the plans. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that uh, that's kind of interesting. And then the second thing was that um, Gaudi had a really horrific, horrifically strange death. Yes, that, I, I was going to say mention that, but go. You, you go. You go. No, no, mine is, no I'm going to. This is your story. No, but you're going to give it in a different light. Go. Okay, so my understanding is Gaudi kind of didn't really take really good care of himself, so mm-hmm. he was kind of looks kind of like you know threadbare, yeah, and oh, so he much. was very religious and he was going he would go to church all the time and when he was going to church he got hit by like a streetcar or something mm-hmm. like that and when he got hit he was un- he was knocked unconscious and on the side of the road and everyone thought he was a beggar right and so he laid there for apparently hours before someone figured out that's gaudi or they said oh maybe we should take this beggar to the hospital right. took him to the hospital it was they tried to treat him but it was already too late and they to, to save him and he died um but yeah isn't that was, i know I, I heard that story too it's crazy yeah it's absolutely crazy so this guy who was building amazing. this mm-hmm. yeah, amazing church and people knew him it's somehow true. yeah so it's creativity i think it was he was so involved in what he was doing he didn't care like you know, if this was the fancy clothes or if his beard right. was too long or whatever, it's, you know, kind of an artistic genius that just, that's not important. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Interesting. All right. So I love that place. I would like to go back. I really want to see it, but um, it's on my list. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back. And let's see. Oh, and then Kristen, what, what are you going to tell us? Oh, this is one of the most beautiful buildings I feel like I've ever seen in person. I feel like I could look at it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's apparently its official name is the Cathedral of Vasily the Blessed. Do you have any idea what that is? A, a blessed building. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, do you know which building? I'm a very famous building, but apparently that's its official name. Do you well, know you what it is? name? By? Cathedral of Vasily the Blessed. No, never heard of it. It is St. Basil's Cathedral, which is the church, the Orthodox Church in Red Square that is essentially the symbol of Moscow. What you see on the Tetris game, it is the little swirly things that we see. Yes. Hold on. I did not know that's what it was called. Cathedral of the Intercession of Most Holy Theotokos on the Mo. We most commonly it's referred to as St. Basil's Cathedral. Um, it's in Red Square in Moscow, and it is probably the most popular cultural symbol of Russia. It looks um, like, like a cake. Yeah. yeah. It has like <laughs> swirly domes, and just the colors on it just make it 
mesmerizing. Um, I, I just, why we have the technology, why don't we make more buildings beautiful like this? I don't or understand. at least interesting. Yeah, pretty. Um, so you can sit there and look at it forever. So is, have you done that? Have you sat in front of it and just kind of looked? I have, and I walked all around it, and I just felt like I couldn't look at it enough. Um, oh, that is really cool to hear. That's great. That's art. You yeah, know, and to like, you. I love it. If you look at it, like each dome has a different design, a different color, different shapes on it, um, which as we will find out, actually, they, they, they have meaning, each one of these. But this, this cathedral was built from 1555 to 1561 on orders from Yvonne the Terrible, and it commemorates the capture of Kazan and Astrakhan, um, and it was the city's tallest building. Until the completion of uh, Ivan the Great Bell Tower in 1600, of course. They always keep topping each other. Um, The original building was known as Trinity Church and later Trinity Cathedral. And it contained eight chapels around a ninth. Um, The central chapel was dedicated to the intercession. A tenth chapel was erected in 1588 over the grave of the venerated local Saint Vasily, who I'm, I guess, uh, the English translation that is Basil. Um, And in the 16th and 17th centuries, the church... um, Perceived as the earthly symbol of the heavenly city, this was popularly known as Jerusalem and served as an allegory of the Jerusalem Temple in the annual Palm Sunday Parade attended by the Patriarch of Moscow and the Tsar. So the cathedral has nine domes and each one corresponds to a different church. And it is shaped like the flame of a bonfire rising into the sky. Um, so that wow. was like its inspiration and how it's designed. And there is a book, Russian Architecture in the West, that states that this is like no other Russian building. Nothing similar can be found in the entire millennium of Byzantine tradition from the 5th to 15th century. A strangeness that astonishes by its unexpectedness, complexity, and dazzling interleaving of the manifold details of its design. Um this church, it actually wasn't always um, colorful either, which I thought was interesting. So um, let me find it here. They basically here, the church acquired its present day vivid colors in several stages from the 1680s to 1848. The Russian attitude towards color in the 17th century changed in favor of bright colors. Um mm-hmm iconographic and mural art experience an explosive growth in the number of available paints, dyes, and their combinations. And the original color scheme uh, that they had was far less challenging, but it did follow the depiction of the heavenly city in the book of Revelations. So um, they followed the original coloring from Revelations 4, 3, which mentions that he that sat was to look upon a jasper and sardine stone and there was a rainbow around the throne, etc. So they actually um, were painting it based on that Bible verse. But this building is iconic. People know it. And it is just so beautiful. It feels almost like a Disneyland building with oh, all the yeah, colors. Yes. Um, yeah. Just fascinating. And when you look up pictures of it, especially when they 
they have some close up. You see all the different design details on each tower, on each dome. Um, some of them are just straight lines. Some of them are like chevrons. Some of them look like fish scales almost. Um, just totally unique and just as beautiful, if not more beautiful in person than like what you see in pictures. So um, it's worth seeing in person if there's ever... <laughs> <laughs> a nice chance to get there is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my oh. goodness. Um, but I feel I, very I, fortunate to have seen it in person. Right. I was going to say, I feel almost ignorant that I did not know any of this um, for some weird reason now. So I'm really grateful you, you brought this up. That's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, it was very memorable. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. All right. Well, for the last one for today, I got. I got the true weirdo one. Okay, good. This is more of a roadside attraction. The building exists. It's no longer a working functional building, meaning no one lives there or is used as an office building. And this is in Ohio. It is something called, uh, it is, I think it, they, they call it the Big Basket. And it's in Newark, Ohio. And in the 90s, there was a company in Ohio that, handmade wood baskets so this is the type of basket that you might see like in a fairy tale that they're carrying the pies around in and they were beautiful 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 baskets and they were all handmade in newark ohio and they however were selling and their people were putting them on ebay and they kept on going up on price but it was very much like a beanie baby kind of thing <laughs> So after a while, people were paying hundreds of dollars for these handmade baskets made out of thinly thin wood and hand woven and everything. Um, and they were beautiful, but they they were kind of beanie babies after like 10 years. But before they became beanie babies, the company was kind of, you know, beating their chest and they're like, we are so big and we're making tons of money and we're going to keep on making more and more money. And so they decided to build a building called the Big Basket, as I mentioned. And essentially, it is a 160-time-sized um, building that they put their offices in that looks like a picnic basket. No, I think I've seen pictures of it on, like, BuzzFeed articles or something like that. Yeah, it's something like... I feel like I had heard it was like seven stories tall. I've actually been there. So it's seven stories. You go into the building. It's huge. And in between the weavings of the wood, you know, which are made out of concrete, you, they had little windows. And you could go into the building and then you could actually go purchase their goods there. But it's where their um, actual offices were. And it's the coolest building you've ever seen. Um, it, it's just... Uh, it, it's just amazing. But, you know, it got, the company went bankrupt. They actually had to oh, sell God. the house. The business is still around, um, but nowhere as big as it used to be. You can buy their bas $100 baskets for like 25 bucks on eBay now, mm. um, shipped and stuff like that. But it, if you're passing through Ohio and you're anywhere in Newark, you're in Newark, it is totally cool to, just to drive by and see this kind of like really huge big basket it also kind of reminds me of when you go see um randy's donuts in 
Los Angeles where they have a huge donut on the building. This is the equivalent of this, of that Randy's Donuts. Nice. It makes me think of like the woman who lived in the shoe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's, it's also funny. It's like, I don't, you know, used to be this was a thing is that businesses to attract attention would build buildings shaped like what their business was. And I remember going through Bakersfield, uh, California. And if you drive through Bakersfield, I don't know if it's still there. There's a small building shaped like a shoe. (laughs) Um, You know, it's probably, you know, only a couple, maybe a hundred square feet, but a cobbler was apparently um, there. It was a, it was a, a, a building for a cobbler, you know? So, you know, this was a thing at one point. But not as late as the 90s, but it's just really cool. Look it up. Um, you really, it's just something really cool to see. Yeah, I don't understand how we have more like technology and resources than ever, but our buildings are more boring than ever. You know what's boring? Also, schools. Yeah. yeah. Schools are boring. How come we don't have cool fun? You know, that would make kids want to go to school, but it's like the same, like a classroom with chairs. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, so well, they didn't ask any of us for our opinion. No, so that's what <laughs> exactly. What, what what should the school look like? I don't know. The other day, I started to think about how I don't know. Stand on its head. I have no idea what, what I would ask a bunch of kids. What would you like it to be? Yeah. I bet you they'd come up with something cool. What would I would have wanted? I don't know. I would have wanted to like look like a castle. <laughs> yeah, it could look like um yeah. the cathedral whatever we just talked about yeah why not um, something fun yeah something fun for kids to like want to go in there and, and do things yeah, yeah. So have, like, reasons they look like. i don't know well anyway. you know i mean i don't know if you notice like well in southern california and i think from what i've heard all across the united states all the shopping malls are closing down yeah because no one goes to shopping malls anymore. i know i know mm-hmm. they don't and they're trying to reimagine them into like kind of used to be old city centers were designed where the 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 shops were downstairs and there was housing above them. And so now they're taking yeah. some of these old malls and they're um, converting them into mixed use. So they'll take half the mall, tear it down, turn them into apartment buildings and then use what's left of the mall, re reimagine them and put new uh businesses there to support the local apartments or condos so people can walk to the grocery store that's like why new york is so successful like because you're a dry cleaner you can just pop downstairs and do it you don't need to get in your car yes right so there lots of the malls in southern california they're building these kind of like apartment buildings they're taking a mall cutting it in half turning half into apartment buildings and then half of it will be like a Target, a grocery store. And then you just yeah. come down. You could just walk to the grocery store or you could get your shoes fixed or whatever. So yep. it supports the local community instead of having to drive 20 I don't minutes. I live in one like that. It would it's be really win, good. Win, win, Mixed use, yeah. I mean, it might be good enough for like older people retiring who may not right. be able to walk very far to do things. And that way they create a community. Look at us. We should have an architectural. <clears throat> but, but it also planning. reduces traffic. Right, it reduces traffic. You don't mm-hmm. have as much pollution, in theory. You know. So, anyways. Okay, well, that's that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Wow. Lord, I don't even know who's supposed to say something next. It's probably me. Oh, <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we're done. We yeah. went around oh, okay. the world with that. that was- we just 
That was good. That was fun. It's actually encouraging me to look up more buildings to kind of see the inspiration and details and designs behind them because it really seems like a lot of them are more than just throwing up a building. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that. I bet you the architects are going, yes, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. My bad. Well, no, but I I like that too. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note, Thanks, everyone, for tuning into our architectural podcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did. What do you think? Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And also, if you're newer to our podcast, be sure to listen to our podcast where we talk about uh, Wombat Poop is Square. I don't know what that is. But Wombat. I have no Wombat. idea what that is, Wombat. Okay. But, but you have anyway. to listen to it. No, you have to listen Another to time. it. Okay, yeah. and yes, if you haven't guessed, it was a totally a Zen thing. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's my fault. So, <laughs> well, thanks for going around the world with us. We were in Spain, we we're in the Middle East and Ohio. Um, yeah. Meet us in Paris, is a, but however, meet us in Paris is the University of California Irvine Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession. Check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. And also, I got to mention, um, Kristen's going to be taking a couple month break. Yes. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Nobody and, yay, yay at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're going to have lots of, we're going to have different people. Um, but Kristen will be back hopefully in a couple of months when she takes care of a few things. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. All righty then. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye, Bye, everyone.